0: Hey everybody and welcome to Rolanda on Demand. I am absolutely thrilled that you're allowing me to be a part of your day because I have something I think is something worth talking about. Ah, what's happening with our police officers and our guest today, Corey Pegues, I consider the preeminent expert in policing of black and brown people because he's been a top executive in the police force and he was also a big street drug dealer back in the day. He went from top drug dealer to top cop. So he's been on both sides of the billy stick, you might say. Corey is going to come and talk with us about what's happening uh, with our police officers, the SWAT team resigning in Florida, all the the, the, the the protests right now, not only with George Floyd, but we have Rashawn Brooks and he just keeps, keeps going on and just when is it going to stop? Let's talk about what's going on in the departments, the police departments. What might be going on in the mind of a police officer? We know what's going on in the community. But let's kind of get some insight from Corey today, who is an ally of the community. And I want to know how he feels when police officers say, I quit because their chief takes a knee. Hmm, What does that say about them? We're going to talk cops today here on Rolanda On Demand. It's road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. Just let me remind you real quick, don't forget to follow me on all forms of social media at Rolanda Watts, R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S. Oh, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and TikTok and Twitter. So come on out there and follow me. And don't forget IG as well. I am so thrilled to have Corey Pegues with us today. And let me tell you why. And I'm going to be totally transparent here. Uh, a few years ago, when I was about to give up totally on cops, and I love a lot of cops, I you know, Being a journalist, I work with a lot of NYPD. Um, I've had good run-ins, bad run-ins. But for the most part, I think that after one Black Lives Matter movement and after another one and another one, I was starting to lose a little hope. And then I went on a book tour, and I met Corey Pegues, who had written a book called Once a Cop, and I got to talking with him. And you know what? He kind of, like, saved me. Cora, you don't know that part, do you, do you? (laughs) (laughs) I was having some isms about police. And I was like looking, that's an ism. When I look at the entire police department is bad because I know there are good cops there. And I met you as one who is not only, you know, I call you the preeminent expert because you've been on both sides of of the billy stick, you might say, um, or bully stick, some people might say today. But I know that you're here to give us some insight. I believe that we need some, some, um, some insight from some of the good cops, because all we're seeing and hearing about is the rogues. So Corey, I'm glad you're joining us today. I think my audience really needs to hear what you have to say. How are you doing with all of the stuff going on in life?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I've been waiting to get on this podcast for a <laughs> long time. I'm happy to be here. As far as how I'm feeling about what's going on, I'm pretty much numb to these things. Just a week ago, actually, I was doing an interview with somebody and I told them, I said, listen, something's gonna happen again within the next 30 days. It's just imminent. This is what happens. When you have such a deeply embedded culture of policing and their mindset is us against them, you're gonna continue. And I'm telling you on your podcast, within the next 60 days, there will be an, and another one. You know, I sent out a tweet today and, you know, the black culture is the word is, and another one. And, and another day. one,
0: and another one, another, 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 to a point where it's, it's blinding, it's deafening. It's, it, it, it's so absurd. But I think what we as a culture are really understanding, Corey, is how ingrained in the system these things are. I mean, are these people who are acting out their own personal things or is this a system that is perpetuating you to act this way? And I'm not saying all cops, disclaimer at the beginning, okay? But I'm just saying what we're seeing needs to be addressed right here. I mean, what, what is that? And I know you're not in the minds of these people, but what are you thinking when you're doing sitting at home, I'm not saying Monday, Monday night quarterbacking, but as you're looking at the stuff you know is happening
1: well I, it's twofold. It's a little bit of people bringing their implicit biases to work, mm-hmm. and then it's the overt racism that's embedded in law enforcement, or in America anyway from education to policing it's It's just America there's racism everywhere, from housing education policing health care. So we have to acknowledge that all of that stuff is already there. So the problem is in policing, you have the right to take a life and with deadly physical forces being used against you or someone else Eminently, It's not like the teacher putting a lesson plan together. It's just a heavy responsibility and some people are not built for it. And if we don't change the culture, it's like you have um, a virus, you know, it's just like this COVID virus. We're not going to be able to fix it till we have a cure. That's right for policing is to root out all of the corruption and restructure, not defund, mm-hmm. restructure the way the police departments are operating around the country.
0: Well, now let's deal with that whole defund thing. What does that really mean? When you say defund to me, it means take all the money out the department. What does that mean?
1: So yeah, you know, I hate whoever came up with this. Because people are thinking when they say defund, they think like this should get rid of the police. No, we're not getting rid of the police. The the biggest, the most glaring example of a defunding or restructuring of a police department is Camden, New Jersey. Mm. Camden, New Jersey was the most, one of the, I think it's the second or third most violent place in America so this is what they did to restructure the police department. They got rid of Camden Police Department and just renamed it to Metro. Camden Metro kept the offices in Camden Police Department, but told them they all had to apply for this new police department. They came with a new contract. They had to renegotiate the contract with the city. New officers, they was vetted all the way down. They all didn't come over to the new police department. And now, without taking up all the time, Camden police department is the prototype police department for restructuring around America. So Hmm. it wasn't defunding. And for me, defunding is just like in New York city, education, gotta loosen up some money, health and hospital gotta loosen up some money. So police departments can find ways to free up some money because when all other budgets are going down, law enforcement budgets are going up, 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 There gotta be a way to defund, meaning bring some of that money down, maybe through attrition, do we need 40,000 cops in New York City? You know, if 4,000 retire next year. Maybe we just only fill up 3,000 slots. You know, that's part of defunding, just finding some of the money and sources, and you reallocate that money to something else, maybe like a PAL or, you know, a homeless outreach program, something to help in these socioeconomic areas that's always over police and trying to help bridge that gap between policing and the community.
0: Well, you know what, when I just heard, uh, as of today, and by the time this podcast airs, who knows what may happen, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just the world what we live know. in today. Something it's else will happen. happen. But as of today, the big story is, all of these uh, Florida SWAT team members who have gone in and turned in their resignation because their head guy took a with, with community with the community. I'm kind of. Part of me was like, "Good, good riddance, get the heck out of here," because clearly you're not with the community. So glad you, you volunteered to leave. Then there's another part of me that goes, "What? What the hell is that about?" I mean, what? What was your knee jerk reaction when you saw that or you heard that news?
1: My, act- my reaction was actually like, "Yo, it's good," because there's a, one thing in policing: high priority positions, high profile positions like SWAT. You got hundreds of cops waiting to take your job. That's nobody right. If That's you, right. If you quit. Bye. Sarah See you another day. And See all ya. we do is train up some other people. You definitely violated your oath of office by refusing or stepping down. And then you just speak to the corporation council or the lawyers to find ways for all those people that quit to fire them.
0: Right, it's and, and, you, and you, the way I look at it is, you just you just peep your card. Now we know who you are. My fear is where you're about to go next, because if you like shooting brown and black people, you're probably going to join some crazy group. If you well, can't be part of these black members, they're
1: probably already in these other groups. Mm-hmm. All of these racist KKK and crazy staunch conservative groups—they're probably already a part of that. And it can't, it's, it's funny because they, you can see, like, some of these people, they can't even take it no more. It's all coming to the surface right now. All of their feelings, everything that they're thinking in their mind is coming to fruition. But the mayor of Atlanta is showing that she's not playing any games.
0: That's right. I am loving Keisha. Leadership. She might be our vice president. You never know.
1: That's the type of leadership we need right now. No That's nonsense. Right. I don't think any move that she made to fight three cops in the last month, I think they was all warranted for the, you know, the decisions that they made. And that stuff reverberates around the country, especially reverberates in your police department.
0: Absolutely. Let me ask you this. How many people do you think who are like the KKK types who are like kill all the black and brown people join the police department to do just that?
1: I, I, well, I wouldn't know, but I, I w- if I was guessing, person, I think it's a very, very small, minute percentage,
0: yeah.
1: depending on where you are. In America, also, New York City, melting pot.
0: We right. I mean, say, listen, there's part of my North Carolina roots coming out here, wandering too. Right.
1: You understand that you live in Boise, Idaho? Different ball game. Different ball game. Different mindset. Deep in the woods in Alabama, you know, different mindset. So it just really depends on where you are in America. And it's clear, you can clearly see the stuff that goes on, it's clear.
0: Let's talk about the latest shooting, the latest killing, murder, call it what you want. Um, That's what I look at it as. Uh, The Rashard Brooks at the Wendy's. You know, this is a guy who, you know, police suspect he might've had some drinks. He wasn't even driving, he was asleep in his car. And you know, they, they try to taser him. The guy takes the taser. Yes, he you know, he should, probably shouldn't have taken the taser and run. but that's not why you should die. What are you looking at in this, in this whole situation with Richard Brooks?
1: Well when what- I look at this Richard Brooks case, the first thing that comes to mind to me is police departments around the country preach to their officers. Instead of using your firearm and deadly physical force, use alternative means such as non lethal procedures, Mm. your fist, mace, a baton, or a taser. So the police, like the police are stuck between a rock and a hard place right now because they're preaching to the cops, use the taser as a non lethal weapon, but now they kill somebody when the taser is pointed at the cop. You can't have your cake and ice cream. It's either a non lethal device or imminent physical danger of death right now. Yeah, but a
0: taser isn't going to kill you. So I am I know it's not right that Richard took the taser. And he, I mean, if he shot it at the police, well, that's, that that's, probably, the, but that wasn't going to kill the cop. But that's the argument I'm making. It's not right. a deadly weapon.
1: It can be, if you have a pacemaker and I shoot you with a taser, you're going to die. You're oh. going to die. Yeah, because you got to, but we know the cop don't have a pacemaker because he can't be in the streets. I was on the show this morning with another analyst who said, well, if we didn't engage this person, you would have had a drunk man running the community with a taser. And I'm like, well, we have drunk people walking in the community with 9 millimeters and 45s and shotguns every day. And <laughs> of all cops, colors. Right, of all colors. And the cops are not doing anything about this. So I'm not buying it. It was a non-lethal, what we believe in policing is a non-lethal device. He al- already deployed the, the, the prongs. So it would have been inoperable already if he would have left the scene with the taser. Tasers get taken from cops every single day. Guns get taken from cops. Radios get taken from cops. The only thing, this guy, God bless Brooks, he was murdered because one, the guy he outran the guy, and two, he couldn't fight. He got punched in the face. Those are the two reasons why Brooks is dead today. There's no other reason. Because
0: Because because he shamed the cop. Yeah. He shamed the punk cop who lost his taser. Couldn't even shoot his taser right. Couldn't run after him. See, my thing is, you don't have to kill somebody. The car is right there. You have his driver's license already. Go pick him up at mom and them's house later. You don't have to kill the guy.
1: What you do is, what he could have done was what police do all the time. Radio, a clear description. Set up a zone, a perimeter. Isolate, contain and call an emergency service once he barricades himself. Simple stuff. One, two, three, right by the numbers, ABC. It should not warrant him being, but he got killed because of the machismo of the police officer and his feelings were hurt. And why did he- His feelings were hurt.
0: And you know, he says on the tape, he took my fucking taser. So it just sounds to me like he had a vendetta after this guy for shaming him. He was
1: enraged. Machismo. Yes, his beard muscles was getting bigger at that point and he was like, I gotta get back at him because he doesn't wanna take a little bit of mud in his face, which officers should be willing to do just taking a job because everybody's not gonna turn around and give you their hands. So
0: well, let sometimes- me ask you the honest to God truth. Had the guy gone back and not been the machismo and killed a black man and he w- and let's say he let it go and he went back to his department, Those guys are gonna let him have it. Those guys and those women fellow officers are gonna let him have it, let's face it, because he dropped his freaking taser. He's like a bumbling cop.
1: Oh, most definitely, but guess what? He wouldn't be blasted on the front page of every newspaper in the world today. His wife and kids are still, he still have his house, two cars, white picket fence wouldn't be having to worry about facing some jail time. He's looking at murder charge right now. Oh, good.
0: He should be. He should be. be. I'm sorry. I'm just taking a hard line here. And I just I feel so sorry. You know, people say they're good cops out there, too. Well, that's great. But if they don't stand up, are, are good cops standing up in these departments?
1: I mean, I see what
0: happened with the SWAT team in Florida. So I see yes. But I mean, throughout, I just know they're good cops in there, Corey, like you and a lot of other cops that I know who are well, good the problem people. Is
1: you can't keep saying that there's good cops when America is only seeing bad cops on videos. Right. So America is waiting to see a cop engage another police officer before they kill somebody and say, stop. That's when America is going to... Right now, America don't believe it's good cops. Because all we're seeing on television is bad cops. Mm-hmm. Look, Eric Garner, 10 people on the scene. 10 cops on the scene, nobody did anything. Oh. George Floyd, four cops there, nobody did anything. Brooks, two cops there, nobody saved his life. So and now we got three incidents where if I'm a civilian, I'm thinking 100% of the cops are bad. Because nobody's <laughs> up, nobody's doing So that's what... America's looking at, so you can't, the governors, mayors, and police commissioners can't keep saying it's good cops, because where, where are they? Well, Throw you know something,
0: it's, it's kind of like what's happening with the black community. All we see with black community is young black men in handcuffs, young black men in body bags, young black men, young, you know, so it's almost the same kind of thing that you can't get a good black man on TV news and you can't get a good black cop or, or any kind of cop, you know, it's it's like, it, it's almost ironic that the same kind of uh, bad PR or bad image is out there that, that tends to perpetuate these things.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Listen, it's about time. You know, I always say if dead men could talk, there's millions of dead black men by cops,
0: yeah. men and
1: women, that didn't have a video to prove they're innocent. Before, police officers used to kill somebody. Go in the back room create the narrative say hey we're getting ready to go in front of rolanda watch channel said they, mm-hmm. they come in with the cameras this is the story boom boom boom
0: that's right but now
1: cops can't control the narrative mm-hmm. they can't control the narrative so they don't even know what the hell to do they can't make the stories up and for the life of me i don't understand why everybody's not like keisha bottom saying look you can't bamboozle me with my eyes i see what i saw I don't care about your nonsense. It's like the Floyd case. The first thing that Minneapolis came out with was he was resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. And then the video comes back and say, oh, we got to retract the statement. They're still trying to create a narrative that you can't create no more. That's There's right. Everywhere. Look,
0: the genie's the out the, the bottle.
1: The gig is up. Like I keep saying, bad cops, the gig is up. It's over.
0: Yeah, yeah. let's go back to the 80s, Corey. When we were in the streets, I was a news reporter in New York City. You were a cop and doing your thing. What? Do you remember Eleanor Bumpers, the first case? Of course. Back in the day in New York City. Yes. And you're right. You're absolutely right. They had to have a story, which still to this day doesn't make sense, how an older, deranged woman, you already shot off her fingers. Now you got to blow her up, too? I mean, come on. This is when it began, and you're right, being a news reporter, they had the narrative down. We weren't there. We couldn't, you know, as crazy as the stuff sounded, maybe she did turn into an 18-foot giant that turned green and was going to eat up the police officers, and that's why they shot We weren't there. We didn't have the video that we have today. So, so you're right. You look at the consistency, another, 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 and now maybe this might be the screech. Maybe we might see those skid marks in the asphalt today
1: i doubt it i have zero confidence in police structure in america because the only way you can change it you're gonna have to get rid of all the cops which we can't do or change the mindset because it's a culture and so the only way to change the mindset you got to be consistent every single day has to be something that's reinforced constantly that we're going to complete these good and black and brown communities, but it has to be brought in from top down. If right, the is mine then, and it's not getting to the janitor, it don't work. Mm-hmm. And if you got somebody in the middle disrupting you, that's you got to chop his head off. Mm-hmm. So this is real leadership one-on-one, and they're not really ready and focused for leadership because in policing, I know in my career, most leaders want to be light. They don't want to lead, they want to be light. mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Purpose might be more important than popularity today. Things may be changing. Corey, what do we as I know you are a big proponent, and as a father yourself, um, you're a big proponent to the community. And I've seen you out there in the marches. You put your you put your faith in your position where your feet are, and I appreciate that. But your whole thing to the community is comply comply no matter what it's better comply and you can complain later but get save your life what else do you say to the community because this stuff is gonna continue so in the meantime or what do you tell your kids you're you've got grown you've got almost grown sons
1: i got grown kids and young kids so you know listen and i'm preaching to them to comply because the other alternative just doesn't work. Even when people tell me, you know, I'm gonna, you know, Lana Van Zandt and say, you saying Fernando Castillo should have complied. Listen, I'm not gonna be armed with a gun and reaching for anything. When a cop is involved, I don't care if it's a carry state or not. You have to make sure you get home because the ultimate goal is getting back home, live to see another day is it embarrassing that a grown man is talking to you any kind of way yeah it hurts especially if you got your wife and kids in the car and some cop be raiding you but you know what right then you got to make a decision what am i going to do because it only could go south these situations you gotta understand they have the gun they have the legal authority and then they have this thing called i was in fear of my safety where they're going to end up killing you if they can articulate that and that's the problem with y'all said cops getting off on all of these cases because they have that right to say if they was in fear of their life, that's why they took the action. And the jury can't be inside of a cop's mind at that's that good. moment. So that's why good. even play games with them? Why? You know most times I get pulled over, show my ID. If I don't show my police ID, obviously they let me go. But if I just show my license, I don't say like, you know, I was a cop. I just want to get out of there. What do you need me to do? I got my hands on the steering wheel. My dome light is on. I'm not reaching. Every time they ask me for a license, I'm going to tell them my license is in my right back pocket. May I reach for it now, sir? By the way, I do have a gun on that side. I don't want to reach. Take me out of the vehicle. Take my my firearm off. These are just things. that people have a problem with it, but I know it's just part of being black, that's what you got to do because it's not going to change.
0: Hmm that's deep i don't know <laughs> yeah you know, i think there needs to be a whole lesson plan on how to deal with a cop i just well i have the lesson plan i, I know the, you I do, do tell it. them tell them tell them
1: a powerpoint presentation called police citizens encounters and i talk about stops in the streets stops in the vehicles and and police in your home stops in your home so Anybody can reach me at CoreyPegis.com to hire me to come to that community and give this presentation. <laughs> and, y'all, and
0: let Corey do that because yes. you know Corey's just down home real deal. You know, you get what you see is what you get. And he tells the truth from, from both ends. Now you're you know, Ill- the,
1: audience, the audience also has have to know, you know, I have a daughter that's a cop, I have a nephew that a, that's a cop, and a bunch of friends. So like when I talk about the cops. I'm really just talking about bad police officers and bad police policies. Those are the things. If we could get rid of those two things, we could have a harmonious relationship in America with the police and the communities in which they serve.
0: Well, I appreciate that you tell it like a ti is, but you also give us hope and and actionable plans. That's the other thing. You know, Corey will give you actionable plans. If you want to hear Corey's story, and let me tell you, it is an amazing story. You've had you've had an amazing life, Corey, um, going from top street drug dealer to top executive cop and all in between. His book is Once a Cop. Pick it up. You're at home sitting there and you're already surrounded by all this talk. Read Corey's story. And for those of you who are community leaders or who have... Um, some type of uh, leadership among young people in particular, contact Corey. You can reach him. Corey, tell us where to reach you because I want you to be a go-to person when folks need to understand this and know what to do. The best
1: way to reach me is on my website, coreypegues.com, that's C-O-R-E-Y-P-E-G-U-E-S.com. And then, you know, I have contact information, drop down menu and you can reach out to me. This is the time, listen, if there's never been another time for change, isn't here. I'm not very hopeful for it, but I, especially on the federal level, people have to understand your change got to be in your community. It's local change is what's going to affect you. You got to go to your community council meeting. Like where I live, the police department is only fifty cops. I know the police commissioner. I know the mayor. I know the sanitation person. You know, I'm involved. Like you have to know who do you know. When I walk in the room, they go, oh, here comes here comes Corey. Yo. <laughs> Get it. Y'all better be right. Of questions, question, you, know, you know. Money for taxes. Of course, I want to be involved. The school board means everything counts. We're so stuck on Trump in this presidential election, that's not going to affect you immediately. That take, The Republicans and Democrats can't even say hi to each other. But you locally, it's like Ferguson, right? I always go back to the Mike Brown killing, and once he got murdered, we found out that the community was 98% Black, but the police department was 98% white. The school board was 98% white. I did for the life of me, that was just telling me that people weren't voting and being involved in their community.
0: Not at all. And I, you know, and Corey, it kind of frightens me and all of us, including myself, could be a little bit more involved of how little we really know about our own communities. And you're right. If you can't, if you can't, if the long arm can't reach Trump, you can certainly reach in your own community and get to know and let the people know that you're interested. That kind of keeps people on track too when they know you're watching them. So that's a great piece of advice. Anything else that you want to say before we say goodbye?
1: Well, I just want people to look out for my documentary that's coming out—a cop and Robber's story. You could go to theguardian.com and see a snippet, a 20-minute piece of it now, and. We were in talks to start releasing the future documentary coming out this year in the next few months. So um, that's it. We that's ready.
0: That's it's fantastic.
1: Corey time, let's go.
0: Let's do it, let's do it. We're, we're in for change. Corey Pagese, thank you so very much. I appreciate your being here on Rolanda On Demand.
1: Thank you, thanks. That's-
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Corey Pegues. I hope to bring you plenty more good podcasts and I hope you'll stay tuned. Please be sure to subscribe and please tell some friends and also leave me a rating if you will. That might help get me some more listeners. (laughs) Anyway, have a great day and thank you so much. Whether you're out there joining the forces on the movement of Black Lives Matter or you're staying at home, doing what you can at home, Are you reinventing your business because of today's changes and requirements for change? Just whatever you do, do something good. Have a good day and I'll see you next time here on Rolanda On Demand.